Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We're rallying. I'm live. Are you live? Yes. I'm live. We're live. We're live at Gross Anatomy, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture, TV, and the the world movies and Mm -hmm. the world around us. Mm -hmm. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. And I'm Lauren Taylor. And here we are live at Gross Anatomy Podcast. And you still have your Movember beard. I still have my sloppy, messy Movember beard that's itching because I just haven't had the time to say, okay, I'm going to go shave. You can go to a barbershop. That's a lot of time. You know, I've I've had a few of those. Sometimes they've been once or twice they've been okay, but I don't like like someone touching and pulling on my face so much. They always seem cool, but um, they do. Now I've watched too many mafia films, so I think of uh, Albert Anastasia getting gummed down in the eye Mm -hmm. when he puts his glasses on from Mm -hmm. The Godfather. Exactly in the barbershop, yeah, right. Which is also referenced in The Irishman, which I just watched. I didn't watch it yet. Nice. You should watch it. Oh, so the thing on, on the news I heard this morning as I was driving back from the gym was that Jason Momoa of Khal Drogo fame, yes. also Aquaman, but we know him as Khal Drogo from Game of Thrones, Correct. gave some, gave like a, you know, crap, gave crap to um, Star-Lord, whose name I'm blanking on, oh, from Chris, Guardian, Pratt. Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, because he saw a picture of him or something at the gym with a disposable plastic bottle with his water. And he said, you're awful, man. But then Chris Pratt, da-da-da, and they made up and happily ever after. But my only thought was, is do we need to save the environment? You know, the whole reusable bottles. And we talked about that a little bit, like at Disneyland. Well, supposedly they get recycled, right? Right. So, so that's a good point, too. They do get recycled, these disposable plastic I'm sure bottles. he was in California where that picture was taken. Right. So we have a really good recycling program, I think. Have right. I ever watched anything get recycled? Like, that's go a good to point. the plant? No. Exactly. That's a good point. And, but the other thing that they made on the radio, I heard them say, sometimes they'll reuse the water bottle and fill it up with water. Just because it's plastic doesn't mean you can't reuse it also. Right. Right. And then my whole theory that we should allow us to abuse and use the environment so that we could evolve. <laughs> and so I just wanted to make so that point. So we could point. be a yeah, Marvel how, comic Exactly. Character. How dare Carl Drogo Aquaman <laughs> want to prevent evolution? Sometimes I think just people's, you know, getting so, like, testy so fast makes people want to drink out of, you know, like, it has right, a little passive effect. aggressiveness. Yeah. yeah, like, how dare you insult me? I'm, yeah. I do great stuff. So Now, now I'm going to always drink out of plastic. That's a good point, yeah. People are... Unfortunately, there's people are quick to to be negative. Mm-hmm. People are quick to put other people down. Right. Because at the end of the day, it makes you feel good when somebody is lower than you. Right. So. No, I yeah. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot of that lately. You have. Well, I was listening to Ellen was on the Conan <clears throat> O'Brien podcast, and she was, Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, uh-huh. and she went vegan um, for a while, but she was like hounded by people for not being vegan enough or that there was, right. like, there was leather in her car. So right. she's being hounded for that. And she just finally was like enough. So I think she's a vegetarian now, but right. she said, so now yeah, no matter like all if you try to be good, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. But that's the other reason why I tell some people say, Oh, he's vegan. And I, and I try to correct them. I say, I try to be as plant based as possible mm-hmm. is one thing I say, or I say, I'm an irreligious vegan to right away preference, right. you know, and let everybody know what the story is. Because I really do think that eating animal products 
is not healthy for us. I, I think it causes inflammation in our body, and I mm-hmm. think uh, heart disease, cholesterol, cancer, all those things probably are made worse by animal products, I do really believe. Yeah. So I strive for it. I And on the movie What the Health that I saw, did you see it? No. You should see it. The, the one really good so. point that no. they talked about was it's probably okay to eat a certain amount of animal products, but I don't think anybody's really figured out what amount is enough and where do you get to the point where it's too much. Right. So that, that's the issue. And I think a issue. lot of people are eating, like we did a whole podcast on like the fake meat products right. that are like cornered <clears throat> in the market now. And so now they're doing studies on like, is this really good for you? Right. Because, you know, we talked about what they put in, in right. it to make it taste like meat and... And just processed food in general, a lot right. of people feel isn't healthy, no matter if it's vegan or not. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could live on just fruits and nuts and vegetables, raw vegetables, I mean, I don't know. That's, That'd be good. I've never seen anybody do that before, but yeah. good for you. Exactly. And then, uh, so what are we doing today? Today, it's... So how'd we do? We did good with our new format. We're introducing a new format, everybody. Yes. We're going to try from now on to have an actual agenda schedule calendar. So you could just skip through it, and you could be like, oh, he's talking about that, they're talking about that, forget about that, I don't want to hear about that. Oh, yeah, we could let you know the minute marks. Right. We could do that. We could, but we don't have, we're not going to, you have to guess. (laughs) So from now on, we're going to do... We're going to try to introduce a little current eventy rehash of last week. Yeah, and if we find out any like new news from a podcast we did last week, we'll let you know. Right. We'll update you. And then after that, we're going to talk about what? Anything pop culture related that we think is interesting. Anything pop culture interesting? Medical health related. There you go. Then we're going to get into our actual topic, topic of the day. Topic of the week. And then, topic of the week, topic of the day, topic of the century. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about pop music. Talk about pop <laughs> No, and then we're going to talk about... We are never about... going to talk about music. No. Well, no? No, we have before. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about music. And then we're going to talk about... Uh, we should talk about music, because we listen to music in the operating room a lot. And yeah, we have talked about that, about that And then we're going to talk about... Today we were listening to Sinatra, by the way. I was kind of in the mood for Sinatra. And then... um, Sinatra's very... uh, Christmas songs are great, too. Sinatra Christmas songs are very good. I know you're Jewish, but... No, I I like Sinatra Christmas songs. Um, And then we're going to talk about some gross... We're going to put the gross and gross anatomy. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, since I do run this pre-med program at Cedars-Sinai, we're going to talk about... um, stuff that goes on in that pre-med program, just maybe some advice or thoughts in terms of becoming a doctor. Yeah, for medical students, common questions. Yeah, or just regular people wondering stuff about it. Right. All right, so we're live. Yep. At Gross Anatomy. We got the format down. And there we go. We're going to try that. And, of course, we get thousands of responses every week about what we should do. So when you respond to us, if you feel we should make changes, by all means, we're going to do that. And we are still investigating our videoing abilities we're still working on that so we'll take some if you want to help us if you want to listen to us on youtube you can but right now we don't have um a lot of live video on right we're working on making it a live thingy so we'll get Mm -hmm. there yes and there you go so what are we doing today lauren well so i had two topics i wanted to talk to you about really excellent um one is it's national hand washing awareness week nash could you say that four times fast (laughs) no but there are some interesting facts about why this is a week. Um, apparently, you know, I guess you know this as a doctor. I know 80% nothing. of communicable diseases can be transferred by touch, person to person. 80%? Yes, that's okay. what it says. Okay. And then washing your hands a few times a day can reduce 
diarrhea rates by 40%. Mm. Yeah, that's what's a crazy thing. Should I cut you off? or let No, you yeah, please giving? cut me off. So one crazy thing is when we talk about a lot of these gastrointestinal illnesses that people get, when you think about the way it's transmitted, you, you learn it in the book, but no one really wants to talk about it. It's fecal oral. It means that somehow poop somehow is on your hands and then you put your hands in your mouth. You know, not true, obvious poop, but some touching of poop somehow and you didn't clean enough or wipe enough or... Mm-hmm. That's, That's gross here too. and crazy and disgusting when you think about it. And the sprays from like pee when you have the toilet up, apparently, like you're getting germs by just like touching the handle. Wow. Like that's why you have to wash your hands after the bathroom. And that explains why I'm so OCD. Yeah, I and am a lot too. Of I wash my hands too much, I think. But then yeah. I, when I was reading this, I don't know that I washed them long enough. So that's what I was going to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Like it says for 30 seconds. Um, that you should wash your hands. I don't think I wash for 30 seconds. I don't think you need to wash for 30 seconds. So I think 15 you, seconds is recommended, though, at yeah. the very least. I think some people say you have to say the alphabet while you're watching the, washing. That's a good idea to know how much to wash. But I think the bottom line is getting a lather on your hands mm-hmm. and then getting the lather completely off your hands is the way to go. Okay. Like, if you know you have lather all around your surfaces of your hands and then have rinsed the lather off, you've done a good job. Right. I, th- I think that's that's the easiest way to figure it out in okay. terms of adequate hand washing. And then I always keep my nails short just so I don't pick at them. But apparently, yeah, I mean, I think I I do well because I guess a lot of germs are just like under your fingernails. A lot of germs so are under your fingernails. Scrub under there. Yeah. And then another thing, it says that um, pneumonia. I didn't know this. It's like spread by touching your face with dirty hands. I guess that makes sense. But then um, it said regular hand washing can decrease this and that like that's the number one cause of childhood death so if it, when it sounds that serious i'm like oh maybe yeah. i'm not washing my hands enough i'm no. already ocd about yeah it. hand washing is good but but you know to some degree i think you could wash your hands too much a little bit too yeah that's what i was wondering because they always they brought that up like a lot of articles when the hand sanitizer craze was going nuts they were like well then you're not getting the good bacteria or right, something like that. Right, right. You don't, you don't want to sterilize yourself too much. You don't want to kill all the good bacteria. You don't want to uh, disturb the normal equilibrium of the bacteria mm-hmm. living on us. I mean, the crazy thing is we have tons of bacteria living on us. It's totally normal. Mm-hmm. We have staph species, staphylococcus species, and streptococcus species, and other species of bacteria living on us all around, and others as well. But... Um, you want them there to some degree because that's what maintains our homeostasis and prevents some of the evil guys from rising up. Right. But the other thing is, is the way we build our immunity is by getting sick and by getting certain illnesses and getting in contact with bacterias and viruses. That's how, as a youth, we build up our immunity so that we're able to fight illnesses and diseases. So I think if we try to be too sterile and too careful and too you may not allow that normal, natural immunity to build up in your system. Right. And I don't know if anybody really has looked at the data and the incidents and, 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 but you know, there's a saying in German, because my wife is German, was born in Germany, um, that says, I don't know how to say it in German. My mother in law could say it. It sounds really good, but it basically means that dirt makes health or something or dirt makes good. Um, you know, like you, you see kids all the time picking crap up off the floor and putting their hands in their mouth and things in their mouth. That's what builds a kid's immunity, believe it or not. But I was wondering too, like in the TV shows, like in the medical doctor TV shows, they always like, do they, they use that 
that stuff. What is that, like orange? It's a, it's a sterilizing cleaning solution. It's Hibiclens is one of them, or a betadine, iodine, providine solution is another. So there are two solutions. There's either, um, the, actually, of scrub solutions, there are two solutions. Actually, mm. maybe there are even three. There's a just like a regular, super-duper strong cleaning solution, and then there's a betadine or iodine solution. But you would never need that if you weren't doing surgery. That's just some... It's just ways to sterilize your hands. Although there are some people who shower with Hibiclens and those things oh, now. Wow. Um, I have a random question for you. Okay, random. I don't know that it fits in our format. It may not fit so in our I format. We could always take it out. We could always take it out. But my husband was rewatching ER the other day. Uh-huh. And in season two, episode one. Season two, episode one. Dr. Wait, John let me back Carter. Up. Why was he watching ER? Because for research for our show? No. Because he's studying for a CPA and he wanted something on that he had already seen before. Gotcha. He just wanted noise. Background okay. noise. But Dr. John Carter is, like, doing something. I don't know if he's, like... like Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley. Uh-huh. Has, he's, like... I don't know if he's, like, holding someone's, like, throat closed. Something gross. Like, something with their heart. Anyways, he's, like, feeling nauseous about this thing that he's doing inside their body. And he faints. He, like, just collapses on the ground. Yeah. And my husband said, ask Dr. Cohen if he's ever seen anything like that before. It's one of my Anyone favorite things. One of my favorite, favorite things. So that leads us to, like, a gross anatomy kind of thing a little bit. You have seen it happen. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought that was totally a TV thing. <clears throat> That's totally real thing. That it's real thing. Totally real. And it, believe it or not, it doesn't, you know, young kids who are looking to go into med school and are worried, I get good. It totally is normal. It happens to to everybody it doesn't just happen to new people sometimes like you know when you're feeling a little sick and a little off and feverish and you've been up and you're working hard sometimes just the heat and concentrating sometimes i've seen that happen to like regular people to have to just step back surgeons who have been working for years to be like i gotta take a break but it's definitely more common in younger newer kids med students dr carter yeah he's the young scrub my favorite story about that, I guess we'll talk about a story, is I was at Kings County Hospital in Brooklyn uh, during my residency, and we were doing some surgery, uh, and I was a resident, and there was an attending there, and it was back in the day, Kings County Hospital, the residents got to do a lot of stuff, and we had a student with us, I don't remember his name, and he was holding, unfortunately, the job of med students often in surgery isn't that great, Um you're there to retract, to hold stuff out of the way so that the surgeons could see what they're doing. And that you could be retracting, literally like holding onto a strong thing for hours, like pulling the open the abdomen or something. Uh-huh. So sure enough, we had this kid holding open the abdomen for us, holding this retractor, and and he's across from me, and I'm working with the attending, and we're doing some surgery. I don't remember what it was. And he looks, and he says to me, and he looks at me, and he goes, and I still remember it going in slow motion. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm not feeling oh, very God. well, Dr. Cohen. And I saw we saw his eyes roll up in his head. Oh, and all of a sudden he starts falling forward <gasps> oh, into the patient. And, and then he, then he kind of leans back and starts falling back. And he's still holding the retractor. And the patient starts going with him. <gasps> and the attending... Moved his hand and the retractor out of the way. Someone luckily got behind the kid and caught him and put him down. But the kid was taking the body off the table with this retractor. Better than Dr. Carter falling in ER. Yeah. It's a real life story. Actually, I have another funny story. And maybe we won't necessarily have to tell a gross anatomy story. Is the other thing that med students and residents are really 
not so much these days, but still, but way more in the olden days when I was going through training is you're sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. So you're operating. And when you're the student just holding something, sometimes it's just your arm in there. You know, we're not videoing, but sometimes it's just your arm in there and your body, there's no room for your body. So you're like out of the thing. You can't even see what's going on. You're just holding that body open sometimes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're in there holding it and you're sleep deprived and you're tired and it's hours and you may close your eyes or whatever. So there was a story of my mentor who was there doing, I think he was a mid-level resident and there was another resident there helping uh, or retracting and he was uh, or a junior resident, like maybe a first year resident or maybe a med student. And he was retracting and had been sleep deprived and was working all night and everybody knew how hard he'd been working. And they're doing open heart surgery. And when they do open heart surgery, a lot of time they actually have to stop the heart so that they could operate on it. And then they put the patient on what's called bypass and then start the heart up again. And one of the ways to protect the heart when you're on bypass is ice, ice, ice baby. So they actually would bathe the heart in ice and super cold water to to hypothermia. We had a whole episode mm -hmm. on hypothermia. So the heart's sitting in, a, in the chest in ice. They're working hard. And all of a sudden, this kid who's been up all day oh. face plants oh into the heart in the ice. What? <laughs> sure enough, they pick him up, they grab him, they put him off in the corner, and they say, let's get another guy in here to help hold. And that wow. was it. And they kept operating. But the kid, the guy face planted into the heart ice. Oh my God! Yeah, what, what I doubt after. Do they just well, this are is they the just humiliated? Days. Like, they're do humiliated. they just apologize? And... But back then it was normal. And I, and what was interesting is my my mentor told me the story. Said that the boss, the guy who was doing the surgery, didn't get upset, didn't get flustered, didn't. He acted like this is normal. Bring in the next kid to help me. Wow. Yeah. Just and and totally fine. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, that is good stuff. Make sure my husband listens to this one. Let him know. answered his question. There you go. Thanks. Exactly. Um, what else are we talking about? So the other thing, it's kind of pop culture, but it goes into like laughter actually being good medicine. Mm. But the marvelous Miss Maisel is returning. Can't wait. Friday. Friday. Can't wait. Today, December yeah. 6th. December 6th. Season 3. Season 3. So it's going to be Midge and her manager Susie mm -hmm. going on tour. Very exciting. So it's going to be just a lot of stand-up, I feel, and a lot of fun. And yeah. Really funny. And I sent you that article, I don't know if you read it, about the, and it was in the New York Times, about this girl who's actually, like, people keep saying she she reminds them of, like, Miss the modern-day Miss Maisel. Ah. I guess she was getting a, she wrote an essay in the New York Times, and she was getting a divorce and, tr like, living with her parents, but pretended like she was house-sitting because she was embarrassed, and she was looking for a place for her and her daughter. But... So she was a journalist. She never did stand-up before, but people kept being like, you remind me of Miss Maisel. So she actually started doing stand-up. Wow. And she found it really did help her. Like, wow. Like, and is she a successful comedian now? Um, No, but I guess she had a sh show where she, like, obviously, you know, comedians always say how they bomb. Like, she right. started doing shows where she had to actually pay $5 to get on stage, you mm. know, mm -hmm. and nobody's there, and it's all that. But Part then, of me wants to do that. I think you should do it. Uh, but I'd be too I nervous. I could see you do it. Yeah, but I think I'd be too scared. Like medical. I mean, funny she stories. was too. She said she felt sick, but then like after <clears throat> now she's like addicted. Now it's like a, it's, uh, it's healthy for her. Like yeah. she doesn't feel sad anymore. She doesn't feel wow. like low anymore. That's great. And so that got me thinking of like. Well, part of it is getting out of your comfort zone. There's nothing yeah. like succeeding or even failing, but just feeling good. Not 
Not getting ridiculed when you go out of your comfort zone. Yeah, she said, so she finally did one set that killed, and she said she felt like Midge killing it at the gaslight. And I yeah, thought that was cool. that is awesome. So I was looking at, into, like, what she was saying, and there is some truth to, like, laughter is the best medicine. Apparently, it can, like, boost your immune system. Like, I didn't know laughter was actually, like, I didn't, I can't figure out where that term actually came from. Laughter is the best medicine. Nobody knows. Everybody who knows. actually coined it. Right, right. But they, I mean, they think well, it's, it's like endorphins. Old Testament. It's releasing endorphins, you know, which, yeah, which exactly. are the same thing that, you know, exercising or sex or any of those right. things release endorphins. So uh-huh. laughter releases endorphins, which theoretically boost the immune system, stimulate yourself, get you feeling better and all of that. I mean, that's probably, and you always go into your patient's room, usually like with a joke, like trying to like yeah. make them feel better. I try to. I, I don't know about a joke, but I I try not to be so I try not to take myself too serious, as you can tell from this podcast. <laughs> it's good. Apparently, too, you can burn calories. So if you laugh for ten to fifteen minutes a day, you could lose up to four pounds a year. Wah wah wee wah. So it's <laughs> so better to be happy than sad. You only need to lose three to four pounds a year. Well, the other thing, what, what was it? I don't remember. No, that that is not, supposedly smiling is easier than frowning in terms of muscles used in the face, but that goes against. Yeah, then that goes against it. Well, it's if, easier to smile than to well, frown. Well, you said it protects the heart. It kind of helps like the blood flow. Blood flow, cardiovascular blood flow. Totally. problems. And there you go. Yeah, Good and it stuff. may even help you live longer, according to a Norway study. But I don't know how much how. You mean being studies. a comedian, doing stand-up comedy? No, just, I laugh, know, just laughing. laughing. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. I think actually probably being a comedian <clears throat> probably isn't that good for you, smoking bars and right. all that. <laughs> but, right. but the laughing is good for you. Yeah. So, and then, that's all I want to talk about. And we talked about our gross anatomy stories. The only other thing I just maybe touched upon, so uh, two major influencers, almost at our level, are both Ellen DeGeneres and her main producer, Andy Lassner. Good friend of yours. He's a good friend. He's a guy I grew up with who uh, was kind of a big brother I never had. He and his big brother were both big brothers I never had. They both were mean to me. No. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so there, I, I saw on Andy's Instagram, which I don't often look at, but on Andy Lasser's Instagram, he's doing this treadmill walk now as a, as kind of like a thing, the treadmill challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of funny to watch because I go to the gym every morning and one of the things I do is I walk on the treadmill and I don't run on the treadmill. You should, uh, Part, I should do it. I was thinking him. that. It's partly because I have bad knees. Um, and I think walking is good enough, but you know, and I walk in an incline and all that. So I, I think I, I need to let him know. He's probably not going to acknowledge me because, you know, he's got 87,000 no, followers. You should definitely I know, I show him that him you're know. part of his movement. I'm part of, in fact, I started the movement. <laughs> film, he doesn't know film that. Film the top of your head like he does. Exactly. <laughs> Although his hair looks so much better than mine. So lastly, um, the last thing we're going to talk about is some med school or pre-med kind of advice. Right. And uh, what did I say I wanted to talk about today? I don't even remember. How you got a question from one of your med students on how you choose where you want to go to med school. Right, right. So every every week, every Wednesday before we do our podcast, we meet our students for for a couple of hours and we have a guest doctor come in and talk about their journey. Today we had a, a young surgeon uh, talk about her journey and um, one of the students asked her how she decided what med school to go to. Um, and the answer isn't that simple, but there's some simplicity to it. And one thing I think the unfortunate reality is it's getting harder and harder to get into med school. I certainly recommend applying to as as many as financially you're able and willing to apply to, um, and be prepared to get a lot of rejections. 
but you may not get into that many schools and then the choice is easier. So it's often not that hard a choice because you maybe will only get into three to seven med schools and it's not going to be like, where am I going? It could even be there's some amazing doctors who only get into one or two med schools. So the choices choices get easier. And then the other choice is... um, Financial, too, is a big choice. You know, you may live in a state where that has a good state school that you get into, and that's significantly much cheaper than going to an out-of-state school or a private school where right. you're going to have a lot of debt or just a lot of money to pay every every year. So, you know, those are major factors in deciding where to go to med school. Lastly, I think it's geography, and if you get lucky enough to go to a city or get into a city where you're interested in going, or like the feel of the school or the approach of the school. I think, unfortunately, it'd be great if you got into a ton of schools, then you could start factoring yeah. those things, and if money were an issue. But I think the two main issues, unfortunately, realistically, are um, how many or what schools you get into, and then cost. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So probably, yeah. So probably today, I probably wouldn't get into any med schools because it's getting harder and harder, and nor would I be able to afford it anyway. So I'd be just like, uh, I I'd, know. I'd be a dancer. Well, I was reading in some states, like LA is obviously very competitive, but some states where they have a real lack of doctors that they're like paying for their schooling. Yeah. That's another option is go to a place, try to find a program, and that'll be a way to decide where to go. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. There you have Gross it. Gross anatomy. So we have... Uh, we have one or two more episodes before the year ends. Two more episodes. Two more or one more? And then more? we're both on vacation. I think only one more. Okay. Right or no? We have next week, the 11th, and then we have... All right, so we have the 11th, 11th and, and the, the 18th. 18th. And then we are out for two straight weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be... Uh, so are we going to do our, our end of year one next next week, or we'll do it in two weeks? We're going to do it on the 18th. We're going to do it on the 18th. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. And remember, um, while I am a doctor, don't take anything I say as true advice. But please give us questions, thoughts, comments, um, recommendations. we really love to hear from you. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.